hearing creaks coming from your closet, rustling outside your window, did you hear guttural woots or wood knocks deep in the woods during your last camping trip? Ever seen strange lights in the sky? Ever feel like someone or something is in the room with you? Rest assured, you are not alone. We are not alone. Take a dive into the strange, unusual, and hauntingly true. You've stumbled upon the Line Begins to Blur podcast. Join your host, Chris G., as he explores the paranormal, cryptid sightings, supernatural events, along with a little true crime from the past and present. Hey guys, welcome back to the Line Begins to Blur podcast. Thanks for joining us again. Um, I really appreciate you returning. So this episode is going to be a special episode. I have a special secret guest here. Um, actually, she's not such a secret. It's my fiance, Christina. Say hi, Christina. Hi, babe. There you go. Um, yeah, so um, she begrudgingly agreed to join me tonight on this uh, podcast. She really didn't want to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's those things you do for love, so got to give it to her. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to go ahead in this episode, talk to you guys about the Netflix documentary um, documenting the Elisa Lam um, in the hotel death scene uh, and all the good stuff that's gone down there. So we have a few things to say about it. So we're going to go ahead and talk to you guys about that. And then uh, I might get Christina to share a thing or two with you guys. So uh, let's see what we can do there. Um, All right. But before we get into it, uh, let's go ahead and listen to the World Weirdly News. All right. Let's do it. Yay! World Weirdly News. All right, guys. Apparently, there's something in the water in Oklahoma City. Uh, Veterinarians at an Oklahoma animal hospital said a puppy believed to be the first ever to be born alive with six legs is beating the odds by surviving and thriving. The veterinary hospital in Oklahoma City said the puppy named Skipper was born with a single head and chest cavity, but she has six legs, two tails, two pelvic regions, two lower urinary tracts, and two reproductive systems. I wonder if she has two buttholes. Anyway, the hospital said Skipper is believed to be the first canine with six legs to be born alive. And despite some signs of spinal bifida, her organs appear to be in great shape. All of her legs move and respond to stimulus, just like a normal puppy. And it's possible she may need physical therapy and assistance with mobility as she gets older. Other than that, hospital said Skipper is doing very well and she's very strong. She's doing uh, recuperating over at her owner's home. So that's one thing to say, man. <clears throat> Things are always looking up. Alright guys, so Christina's here and she's joining us on this one So first off, let me uh, just start off by asking her to uh, share with us something that I touched on one of our first episodes Um, Like I said previously, you know, I have a silkscreen background And when I was learning the silkscreen, I was training or apprenticing, I should say Under this one uh, screen printer named David And um, the thing with David is that 
he worked you. That's how you learned. He worked you. Uh, Christina being the trooper that she is, knowing that I wanted to learn to be a screen printer, um, she joined it. And unfortunately for my education, she got worked too. Um, there are several nights where she'd be working in the shop alone. Now, why don't you go ahead and tell us about the shop, babe? So the shop that Dave had at the time was in Santa Fe Springs. And it's pretty large. Silk screening shop. You've got um, the, I can't think of the name for the equipments, but, you know, the, the, the conveyor autom- belt. Conveyor dryer, the automatic mm-hmm. printer. The m and presses. So you've got screens. <clears throat> it's pretty dirty. So at that time, <clears throat> Dave was actually moving shops with Chris. And Chris, of course, uh, you know, free labor. Of course. Chris, <laughs> Chris is helping him move. And, you know, Dave's got a dog, Hammer. Sweetest dog ever. He was what, like a bulldog? Mm -hmm. No, no, like a British bulldog or something? I think he's a pit bull. Pit bull. No, he wasn't a pit bull. Because he had that snout with the Mm -hmm. wrinkles that stink. I'll have to... I think he was like a bulldog. Yeah, he was a... a, I think so. I think you're right. Hammer Schmidt, the bulldog. So, Hammer and me, uh, or Hammer and I, we were at the shop... And, you know, it's really dusty, so I'm trying to clean up the area. There's a ton of little debris all over the floor. And, you know, Dave's moving out. So um, Chris and him are going back and forth between the new shop, dropping off things. So I'm alone. And Hammy and me, we are on the way other side um, from the door. And I'm sweeping, and all of a sudden, well, I see... What time was this? This was at night, right? Yeah, this was really dark. Like like, so. like 10 and 11 o'clock at night, something yeah. like that? Yeah. It's And if you know any kind of silk screening area, it's going to be in an industrial park. There's not going to be a lot of people walking around, especially at night, because those places are up and popping over in the morning, you know, when people are there, when they're... Yeah, regular business yeah, hours. Yeah, regular And here we are, super late at night. And so I'm sweeping. And then I see this black shadow just go from in front of me, go under the conveyor belt. It's like a 20-foot conveyor belt dryer. And it goes under and it goes, it like shoots out of nowhere. And Hammer got freaked out. Hammer ran to the other side over where the, the front office is. And I just dropped the broom and I ran as well, too. The scariest thing in that shop. And I'm like, oh, no, that's it. I opened up the door. Like, I can't wait for these guys to come back. But that place was incredibly creepy. So right before that happened, um, there was another. Well, before that, there was an incident where we Dave had hired on a brand new girl. Before we touch on that, just like um, with that, when you saw that, that dark shadow did you hear anything did you feel anything no i mean it was just visual i mean i felt this creepiness because i had goosebumps i remember that but i just remember seeing hammer hammer is a tank i mean he's very sweet but he could be pretty vicious he was short stocky and like didn't mess around he didn't fuck around at all and he just bolted and it just made me cringe and honestly it's because of previously what's happened there before when dave had hired on a new girl to come in and work some of the machines um you know she said oh hey um who's who's that guy that stopped by and i said there's no other guy here there's just dave 
there, there's no one else. And she said, I saw a man and he walked across over here. And I said, no, mm-mm, there's no other guy. Remember when we were sitting another <laughs> incident? Sorry. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, I, I know you heard the you're talking about the footsteps, right? The footsteps yeah. on the roof. We were all in the front on the desk area. Um, Dave had this awesome leather couch. So we're sitting on the couch. Dave is over by his desk. And of course, you hear, and I mean, again, industrial area, these ceilings are extremely tall. Would you say, like, about. Oh, they were vaulted ceilings. I mean, they were like easy, like 20, 25 feet up. Mm-hmm. Easy. So yeah. you can hear, and it's, you know, it's just quiet. Again, it's just the three of us. It's really late at night because we would always go after work and on one end you can hear somebody stepping from one corner if you might like the right bottom corner um of a i guess of the roof yeah Yeah, like a right corner of the roof where we were sitting and they started to walk across and just stopped right in the middle of the roof it was really creepy and there's no way down other than jumping off or flying off. That's the thing. Um, it's crazy. Like, I personally, I, I honestly, realistically, I, I, I don't remember it. I don't remember that. That I don't remember. Uh, I know you were telling me about it, but I don't remember hearing the footsteps. I mean, I think because at the time I was more focused on trying to learn the whole process and Dave was on my ass trying to get me to work and stuff. So I but, think I'm more hypersensitive on things like that. Well, yeah, no. And, and I've openly said, like, I want to be. I'm very open minded, but. For whatever reason, like, I just, there's a barrier there, like some sort of filter. Like, I don't feel stuff. And it's weird because sometimes I'll make myself think I feel stuff. I give myself goosebumps, but no, I don't feel anything. Like, but, um, but just also to put in perspective with the shop, the thing with David too was like, you know, this was in Santa Fe Springs and like it was definitely like a, a industrial park. And in the back, the way his shop was set up, the front was his main office with slash showroom. Then you had the the presses and everything in the back. Um, And then behind that, he had like supplies, all the messy stuff, the screens, the inks and all that stuff. And he also did like welding and he had like he used to do upholstery for cars. So there's all this industrial equipment, all kinds of shit everywhere. And it's dirty as fuck. Right. But in his office, he used to I guess he made it. He had above his desk. Now, this dude, first of all, is long hair, gray hair skinny ass hipster ass mexican dude that would wear fucking crocs all day and would always smell like armpit um fucking super hippie um i guess he made this huge cross you remember the cross yeah i remember yeah he hung it above his desk and you know it was huge and you know i guess he it was it was solid like that thing was like no was no joke um <clears throat> so the only thing I do remember speaking of that was there was one night we were in the shop we were in his office we just put in like a full fucking day and like he he like he was talking to me or more than likely like as usual was yelling at me <clears throat> and he was saying something and then all of a sudden he just stopped and looked up and then I'm like well, what happened and he's like nah I thought I thought I felt something and uh I guess he just uh you know he looked up at the cross and when i looked at the cross it he had it braced and this thing easily had to weigh like 60 75 80 pounds maybe thing was fucking massive it was moving a little bit very slight 
but I think because it was so heavy. Wow. But um, but yeah. Anyway, that uh, that was at the shop. <clears throat> so, you know, uh, lesson to be learned here, kids. You know, a lot of those uh, industrial areas, stuff goes down. You know, a lot of businesses accidents happen. People lose limbs and people lose lives, and you never know. Maybe uh, those limbs and those lives stick around, and they want to make themselves seen to be known. So. Anyway, that's my moral of that story. But um, thanks for sharing that, babe. Appreciate it. Yeah. I've All got right. others, you know, just from childhood. But we could save those for another day. Ooh, she's committing to another episode. I like that. <laughs> All right. You heard it here, guys. Damn I'm not, it. <laughs> I got witnesses. All right, cool. <clears throat> All right, anyway, on to the main subject of this podcast is the uh, Cecil Hotel documentary on Netflix that circles around the Elisa Lamb story. So, little backstory. We knew it'd been on for a little bit. Um, we just didn't get around to watch it yet because you know there's a lot of stuff going on, busy with work, and then so we had basically like a lazy Sunday morning. We woke up uh, about five or so, five six, six maybe. It like, was early, like six. We were being lazy asses in bed. I got up, made us some coffee. We had coffee in bed. We have our cat. She's laying in between us. So basically, we're being like all fat and sassy, laying in bed, the full, whole family, two of us with our cat. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, we were. We were being all lazy. <clears throat> but it was Sunday, you know, our day it's of nice. rest. Um, so, yeah, we turned on the TV and we're like, hey, let's watch that the Cecil Hotel thing. Like, all right, cool. And we've done this previous. And it was, I want it was not too long ago. We watched the. Um, Richard, yeah, the Richard Ramirez Netflix special, and we binge watched it like in one morning. Like we got up at, again, it was like five or six. Got us, made us some coffee, or I think at that time I got Starbucks or some shit. And uh, yeah, man, we saw all episodes back to back. And by the time we got out of bed, it was like what one or two, something like that. Something crazy. Yeah, man, crazy. Well, we tried not to do that this time, but unfortunately, we did do it again. Um, but I think because it was less episodes. Um, so in case you didn't know, so there's a Netflix special. It circles around the Lisa Lamb murder or death at the Cecil Hotel and all the mysterious surroundings and history involved with the Cecil Hotel. And the one thing that I found interesting and Christina pointed out was, yeah, I guess it was directed or produced or directed by Ron Howard. It's crazy. Um, the one thing she did notice, and she'll tell you, every fucking shot had a weird green glow on it. Like they used some serious green lighting. And I won't forget because we're trying to I'm trying to watch and listen to the details. And like, oh, my God, there's that green glow. It's like, yeah, I know. It's when they highlight the YouTubers or the people that are, (laughs) you know, the people that are commenting and they have that matrixy, you know, green, you know, like cyber personnel. Just kind of kind of funky, but it is what it is. So why don't we start with um, why don't you give me your opinion of the overall um see we both i think we both have conflict conflicting opinions of what really happened to elisa um but um actually, actually okay let's let's take turns let's give a little backstory for the people that haven't watched it so uh spoiler alert here if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this you might want to shut this off if you're gonna plan if you plan on watching it i mean you you know how it ends it's not like that's a big shocker, but um, if you plan on watching it, you might not want to listen to this. But anyway, 
um, little quick backstory. It has a huge history. It was built, I guess, way back in the day, and it was supposed to be like the grandest, biggest, largest, most kick-ass building, you know, at the time. And I think this was when California was uh, gold rush booming. Um, I'll have to double check on that. Maybe I should have done my research before we did this, but yeah, <laughs> eh, 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 we're just talking. It's all good. So it's a beautiful hotel. So it was, it was amazing. And it, at the time it was like super extravagant and super expensive. Um, and I guess it was flourishing. Things were doing well. Um, and I guess then the depression hit, people lost their jobs. People weren't able to afford to stay there because it was of its opulent nature. Um, so at that point, they had to make, you know, long story short, they had to make decisions to keep the lights on. So they started renting out the rooms uh, for way more affordable rates. Uh, and it basically became like a boarding house, flop house. You know, people were paying like a buck a week for rent and what have you. And, and it pretty much stayed that way uh, for years. And then I guess it got sold and resold and. Not up and not too long ago, they even tried revamping it by separating because I guess because it established as a flop house, there have been people that have tried to buy the, the hotel to, you know, shutter it and like, you know, uh, demo it and rebuild on it. But they can't, I guess, because there's something going on. It's, you know, some laws or regulations because people are actually living there. So they're trying to work around it. And I guess the, they decided to do this thing called the Stay on Main. They wanted to rebrand it and kind of get more people, more asses in the door. Um, so they sectioned off a portion of the hotel for the live-ins and then the rest would be for the guests. Anyway, long story short, that didn't work. So um, it's had a pretty seedy past. I mean, a lot of shit's gone down based on the... On the documentary, there was a lot of prostitution and drugs and violence and drinking, deaths, robbery, you know, drug deals gone bad, um, people jumping out the window, um, Night Stalker lived there. So, you know, it was crazy. But, um, but yeah, so that's a little backstory, very little and very basic, but uh, that's a little backstory on the Cecil Hotel. Um, it's still alive and kicking. It's still doing its thing. But I think um, they're working to do something with it. Um, but I'm not sure about that. So brings me to my next point. Elisa Lam. Uh, so, babe, what are your thoughts on what happened? So Elisa Lam, she is a student and she just decides to go ahead and stay over um, in L.A., right? She's just visiting. Yeah, she's traveling in from Canada, I believe. Okay. All right. I mean, being that young of age, I mean, I was just telling um, Chris how when I was 17 and 18, lived in San Francisco by myself, and I thought that was pretty scary. But for a teenage girl or a young woman to go ahead and um, visit LA and then stay in a seedy part uh, near the Skid Row area is pretty pretty scary. But she didn't know it was that at the time. She just she was booking because when she was in Canada she um, I guess she's very introverted. She's really shy. She was a writer. She wrote a lot. Uh, she tweeted a lot. And she did a lot of writing online. Um, 
but she wanted to find herself. So she planned out this trip to come out and get some experience and, you know, basically put some air under her wings. And so she booked online. So she didn't know it was this shitty fucking death, death hole in downtown. So she just got it because it was cheap. Okay. So, I mean, just staying there and especially just from the doc, uh, the docuseries, just advising that when she was there, her behavior was really weird with, you know, the girls that she was staying with. At that point, the management, I mean, especially if they have CD characters in and out, a lot of times, you know, you're there to do your job uh, to maintain, you know, peace with all of the residents and the occupants, you know, the people that are the guests. The riffraff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, they're trying to do their job and they can't, I feel that they can't, you know, look into everybody's weirdo behavior, especially if she's writing post-it notes yeah, on, I mean, it's just, you know, there are so, just some weirdos. There's period. no realistic way that, you know, they can monitor every single person staying there. There's no way. No. It really isn't. So, I mean, I think they did good by, okay, let's go ahead and relocate her to a different room instead of staying in the hostel kind of situation with the shared you know, uh, room. Yeah, I mean, she did good. She upgraded. She got a solo room, so she had some room to stretch. But, I mean, my concern is, you know, the parents during the docuseries or during that time, I know that they were hesitant to, to talk. And when when we were first watching this, not on the docuseries, but just on the regular news, when this said really happened... And they had advised that, you know, how did this woman end up in a water tank that is supposed to be closed? And from what I always thought, that I always thought that it was locked. And I thought, you know, this must be something to do with maybe maintenance or somebody working in the hotel that had access. And the creepo factor from it was when you can see her, you know, darting, obviously from the evidence with the camera the camera in the elevator how her her behavior was extremely odd how she went in so calmly into the elevator and pushing all of the buttons and i think the docuseries really made a good point of showing the confusion as far as the timestamp being um uh, it was blurred out it yeah was, exactly yeah. and then that portion that they said you know, that was cut out. You know, what happened to those seconds that were missing? I can't remember the exact seconds, but... Yeah, there you know, was like a time, like time was edited out of that mm -hmm. whole, of the whole, uh, that whole scene. Yeah. And sorry. I think mostly on... Sorry, I burped. <laughs> sorry, I interrupted. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So, no, you're sorry. I'm sorry, too. <laughs> <clears throat> so I just, that was a red flag. You know, that was definitely one and then also where they said you know the video was edited where the the door wasn't pushed out the elevator door didn't close all the way and I was telling Chris you know afterwards you know just talking when I lived in San Francisco the elevator that we had in our dorm rooms was crazy scary it was it wasn't similar to that, but it was when you went in and you pressed a button. If you pushed too many buttons, it would malfunction and the door wouldn't let you close or it would not close. I mean, that but, does make sense, especially older. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had that gate 
as well. So I can see it being malfunction and it would not um, close. But just her behavior in there afterwards, how she appears that she's talking to somebody and the positioning of her hands as well, too, being really funky and fluid, um, like she was almost possessed. But if she had previous, you know, uh, was it bipolar? I don't yeah, I don't had, want was, to miss. Was, yeah, she was bipolar and she had other issues. Yeah, she had some uh, she was on meds. <clears throat> and uh, that was one of the things called in question was whether or not she was taking too much or too little. Um, and or it, just stopping. Or just stopped, yeah. But um, I will say, so one of the one of the small uh, caveats to that whole thing was, <clears throat> excuse me, I guess, you know, you have your online sleuths, people doing with all their true crime podcasts and YouTube channels and shit. And I guess they got a hold of the footage and. There's all these conspiracy theories that came from this footage, you know, one of which was based on the, the timestamp being blurred and, and kind of funky. Um, it was purposely it was it was purposely done because, you know, at the time they released the footage, the, the explanation they gave was they weren't trying to do too much to degrade the, the course of the of their investigation. So, I mean, that makes sense. They, they were just trying to get, hey. Anybody know this? Anybody see anything? Like they just were trying to get any additional information. <clears throat> but one of the conspiracies was that the elevator didn't close, you know, and there was something wrong with the elevator because she pushed the buttons and no matter what, it didn't close and nothing happened. And it was only until after she got out that it closed and it moved. Well, it turns out that one of the buttons she pushed was the whole door button and i guess they timed it and it was like a two or three minute time from when you push that button it holds the door open for two to three minutes there's nothing supernatural nothing super crazy about it it was good old mechanics and engineering i just think based <clears throat> on i mean the what makes everybody so um fascinated with the story is because of the hotel history with like you said violence murder all of that craziness and number one how does she get up to the roof with you know little access but how they pinpointed the how she could have easily gone up the fire escape through the window but you know was she coerced is that the word yeah, <laughs> Sorry. No, of course yeah. yeah yeah was you know did somebody have her at gunpoint was somebody was there <laughs> two people there Knife something point, dick point i don't know <laughs> i'm just <clears throat> saying like how did she climb up there um, in the water tank? What made her think this is a good position? And, you know, like if she would have yelled, nobody yeah, could nobody hear Yeah, nobody could hear From the roof. I mean, I guess they also did like auditory ex experimentation. And <clears throat> sorry, I have something in my throat. It's been bugging me all night. Sorry, guys. Um, nah, thank you, babe. I'll drink some more water right now. Um, so one of the things that they found was, yeah, like just like Christina said, you know, the overall history of the hotel and then the, you know, the, the, like the awkwardness and weirdness of how they found her body. Um, you know, they instantly thought it was foul play. And uh, like touching back on what I was saying a little bit earlier, one of the scenes from the footage of the elevator was, I guess, when she was standing outside and, she, you know, it looked like she was talking to somebody. And initially with the door opening, what I thought was, and this is what I shared with Christina, like what it looked like to me was she was in the elevator and there might have been two people on the outside on either end of like one on each end of the door. 
and they were holding they were pushing the call elevator button so that kept the door open and that kept the elevator from going and then that's why she kept popping out and yelling at him like hey let that shit go i'm trying to get out of here you know and then i don't i don't think so well that's that was my thoughts at first right and i mean clearly i was wrong but so were you uh (laughs) (laughs) but one of the things too that was there's i guess they were also they saw a a, like a what they thought to be a second foot because it was at a weird angle when she stepped out of the elevator and you know she didn't have shoes on she had her flip-flops and that was her chancla that that was but i mean it just to me i actually fell for that like i started like okay yeah i can see that because of the angle of the way it was it looked completely perpendicular to the way her foot would have been and it just looked super unnatural like there's no fucking way you step out and your foot's going to be at a 90 degree angle i mean the, the human body's not built like that so for me that started to carry some weight and it and that's that just goes to say like you know when people want to believe stuff it's very easy to convince yourself to believe it you know you might not have all the details but you you can convince yourself to believe some shit that and when they had you know with the the guests there that were you know trying to get some water and they had that sickly sweet (laughs) nasty black water dead body water i just i can't imagine that you know, especially when just going up to the water tank and then seeing her, you know, I, is it, is it, I'm just trying to think, you know, when the dogs were up there with the FBI or the, the police, when they were first looking at that, why wasn't that a thought to look? I mean, well, I guess what, based, if I remember correctly, based on the docuseries, it was initially a thought, but they saw that the door was closed mm-hmm. so they didn't like okay the, that's not an option because once you're in you, there's no way you could close the, you know, the door so there's a reason for that though we'll get to that in a minute but yeah so when they came out for the initial investigation the you know the days the early early in the investigation yeah no they thought about it they went looking they just they signed off on it because it was closed and you know they physically there was no way somebody could be in there and close that door and that's why but again, there's Are a reason for that. Are you talking about the lid? The lid, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why. Same door, or, well, and it's, it's a, a lid okay, that pops up. Potato, potato. Okay, uh, the the lid. Fine, fine. The lid. Okay. But um, but yeah, that's why they didn't bother continuing to look in there. So, and you know, one thing how how the police had first said the lid was closed or locked or yeah, something, and yeah. then it turns out no. Once they really talk to the um, maintenance person. Well, see that—that's the—that's right there. That's the uh, what's it called? The uh, uh, what do you say? Uh, I just said it. When you anyway. <laughs> but can we talk about that poor guy with the gothy guy? How he got so oh, yeah, much okay. shit. So yeah, we'll touch poor on that. Poor guy. So there's this Mexican death metal dude. Who stayed at the Cecil Hotel. And I guess his name was Morbid. Or that's his his stage name. His band name. Whatever. And he posted a video. Of himself staying at the Cecil Hotel. And. It instantly. People were like. Hey that guy's there. He looks weird. Maybe he has something to do with Elisa Lamb's disappearance. 
that and his lyrics kind of matched well, they, up a little bit. They had right? no, it wasn't until the later because they eventually started because once they they started targeting him, then they found this video that he previously put on his on his YouTube channel. The internet super suits. Yeah, they they found it and in this one of the, some of the lyrics was like, you know, in reference to letting her drown or death by drowning and just let her let her rot and let her stay whatever so that was like a big old hey that's proof this guy did it yeah let's get him and this dude was in la a year (laughs) before lisa lamb was there so he filmed himself a year before and i guess people i mean before they knew that people went after him and they basically like ruined him man like he stopped making music they were threatening him you know they were coming at him hard i mean i know the uh community of people that were trying to help i mean they're doing it with the best intentions but the people that were so cruel i you can feel for the guy you know how he's like um you know i got into a depression i wanted to kill myself and it just goes that's there's harm in that yeah i mean granted you know there's good intentions to you know i get it but you know he he even said in the the documentary like once he was pretty much cleared like he was there a year because i mean he lives in mexico you know he's nowhere near cecil for the most part he was just traveling through he just wanted to see la and he went back and you know had nothing zero to do with this and people were like posting his address and like coming at him and once he was cleared nobody really reached out to be like oh shit hey morbid hey we effed up we fucked up bro sorry can i buy you some tacos you know would you like a modelo i could use a modelo how about some horchata but, uh, that too. <laughs> You're going to make me hungry or thirsty. I don't know. All right. Well, hey, we'll maybe go get some tacos after this. Or some of that water from there. No, yeah. Gross. Death water. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, so that, that's true. That, that I felt for the guy. He's just this fucking, you know, poor ass Mexican rock, rock and roller that just was doing his thing trying to be like mr cool guy and he got targeted for something he had nothing to do with and that that goes to the show like people you know when they want again they want to believe something they will find a way to believe it so but um but yeah no like i think overall you know they they kind of cleaned it up a little bit and they, they put a bow on it for the most part on the documentary and the facts are this so you know, she was traveling through Canada. She stopped in L.A. She stayed at this place. There, she went to the last bookstore in downtown L.A., which we've been to. It's it's a cool spot if you know, if and when it's open again and this beer beer virus ends, maybe y'all can go check it out. But um, there was I guess she had bought some books and stuff there, and she had them delivered to her in the hotel. So there's all these determining factors and like weird footage and all this shit long story short she came she was experiencing thing life for herself she was taking her meds and i guess she stopped taking them or wasn't taking enough and she had an episode and her family had mentioned she had history of having these like funky ass extreme episodes when she's off her meds 
and you know that would explain her reaction in, in the elevator and i guess the footage in the elevator has been slowed down which in turn makes it look that more that much more exaggerated and when it's played at real speed at real time like yeah it it, it looks bad but it doesn't look as bad but slow down it looks yeah it looks pretty creepy um but the fact is she was having an episode she found her way up on the roof there was several ways to get up there there's an emergency door there's a fire escape and there's plenty of access to both and she found her way up she probably fell into the water tank and she ended up naked because i guess part of drowning is you know there's stages just like with everything you you experience hypothermia you got to figure she might have been up there for a whole day and maybe overnight and it was i can't remember the month but i know that it was in the springtime or winter here in la and sometimes it does get a little chilly at night i can only imagine if your body is in cold water for that long and if you're really trying to tread water or just keep your keep your head up and you start to get exhausted and all of your clothes are on you so when they said that maybe she's trying to take the clothes off of her so she becomes you know it's less heavy yeah because i mean you're tired if you're you know Mm -hmm. sitting there treading water and you you know those clothes weigh you down having some type of episode and she's in a manic state then you're gonna try and do anything you can but i mean her poor little body you know the sad thing is like what i think about is you know who knows how long she was in there floating around before she actually did drown and die you know like she could have been in there a couple days before she actually died i mean what a fucking terrible way to go you know Mm -hmm. sitting there treading water for, for your life going through this psychotic episode you know that's not making anything any easier and to just die alone that's yeah. scary well, R.I.P. Yeah. Lisa Lamb I'm sorry girl sorry the bright lights of the big city uh, didn't pan out so well for you but anyway I mean yeah you know it's it's there's I mean there's a lot you can talk about and we can touch on but Again, we can con- we can continue on all the conspiracies, <laughs> conspiracy theory. Sorry, um, but there's just facts, you know, and just you know, really realistically, all the facts do point that she just died, you know, and it was an accident. She jumped, fell in, jumped in, whatever. Because I guess we didn't touch on this, but they initially thought that the lid was closed because. The maintenance man, when he went to go see why the water was all funky and black and stinky and shit, when he looked into the tower, he found her. So in his haste, he closed the lid. So that guy closed the lid to the water tower. So when they went back up, that's why it was all sealed off and stuff. But yeah, there's no mystery. There's no ghost. There's no foul play. There's no murderous schemes and rapes and pillaging and who knows what else that's been you know referenced just it's some... just such a mystery <clears throat> in the beginning and now yeah. if you don't know the details i mean it's it's a super interesting story you mm-hmm. know like because there's so many details and like things just don't line up and don't make sense but you know it is what it is uh all right well we won't continue to bore you with this but well you know it's it's a very interesting story guys if you if you get the opportunity 
I recommend you uh, you go ahead and check it out on Netflix. Plan on making it a day, you know. It's what like four episodes, five episodes, maybe. Some, yeah, I think it was four episodes. Four episodes, yeah, or six. No, Night Stalker was six. I think this one's four. I think they're both four. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> tells you how much I pay attention. Clearly, I don't have my notes for this episode, so yeah, that tells you too. It's just off <clears> the cuff. <laughs> Yeah, this really is, you know, um, we just felt so, well, at least I felt so passionate that I wanted to talk to you guys about it. And I forced my girlfriend on here or my fiance to come talk to me about it. Not forced. Coerced. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll drink that death water. Um, all right. All right, guys. Well, I, as you all heard, she's committed to come back. So we'll have, you'll hear, you'll be hearing more of Christine in the future. And hopefully I didn't traumatize her too much with this. So she'll be a lot more eager to participate. And again, um, before we sign off here, guys, I just want to like go ahead and reach out again and say, hey, uh, if you have anything you care to share, um, please send it my way. Um, you can always email me at info at the line begins the blur dot com. And good news. The website is up. So please feel Yay. free. Yay. Um, you can always go to www.thelinebeginstheblur.com and you can you can respond there and send me your stories. Um, it's still a work in progress. I plan on uh, doing some cool things with the site. I'm going to be adding like kind of like a like a like a marketplace, so to speak, and then like a like a reference portal, so that there's all these cool things that you know you want to kick some time and like kind of waste some time. You can look around and get some cool shit and read some cool shit and learn some cool shit um but yeah all right guys i really appreciate it uh thanks for tuning in and uh you know go ahead and uh tune back in in two weeks for the next story and definitely put in some comments you know let uh (laughs) less let chris know what you like (laughs) i don't know i don't think they like anything but hopefully they do we'll see Maybe just comment if you'd like this fiance back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know I do. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. guys. Bye. You guys take care now. Okay. You've been listening to the Line Begins to Blur podcast with your host, Chris G. Join us every other week for new episodes. (laughs) 